Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Tuesday, September 8th, 2015. I am back from a week-long vacation here at the Beantown Athletics Studio, as always, in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics is the only in-house union screen printer in Boston, specializing in custom uniforms and business apparel. Follow them on Twitter at Beantown underscore dot. Also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Beantown Athletics. And on Instagram, at Beantown Athletics. Swing by the shop on Granite Ave in Dorchester or give them a call, 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. And when you call or stop by the shop, make sure you tell them that I sent you. And I know hockey season is right around the corner, so make sure you bring your skates. Best skate shopping in Boston right here at Beantown Athletics. So, what did we miss here the last week since I've been gone? I did enjoy my vacation. It was good to get away for a couple days and, uh, you know, just get out of town. I was out of Boston uh, visiting some family, so uh, it was good. It was relaxing. Uh, it, it was refreshing, and it was great to hear during my vacation that Tom Brady's four-game suspension was removed thanks to Judge Richard Berman. Richard Berman, who, and look, I didn't know which way he was going to go. I really didn't. Because as much as it looked like in the courtroom during these settlement hearings that Richard Berman was leaning towards Tom Brady's side and towards the NFLPA side and was leaning towards getting rid of the four-game suspension, you still had this whole thing about procedure and this whole thing about the NFL and in the CBA that Roger Goodell actually does have the power to do some of this stuff. So I, I honestly didn't know how this was going to go down. And when we heard the next option, which was that Judge Richard Berman could possibly send it to another arbitration hearing, you know, another appeal in which somebody other than Roger Goodell hears that appeal, I'm thinking to myself, okay, that might be the way this thing goes down. And then maybe there's an injunction, Brady's able to play week one, but we'll still have more hearings, we'll still have more appeals, we'll still be hearing about the flakegate, and we won't actually know what the result of Tom Brady's appeal will be. But that is not the case. Judge Richard Berman, uh, last week, he came down with the hammer, and he said, okay, what I said in that courtroom, that's how I actually felt. And I told the NFL, I hinted towards him. I said, I'm leaning towards the NFLPA and, and taking their side, taking Tom Brady's side. NFL's being too stubborn. They don't want to come to a settlement. So here's what I have to do. Tom Brady, his four-game suspension, I am removing it. No more suspension for Tom Brady. He will play week one. He will play the entire season for the New England Patriots. It was great news, you know, just for the fact that Obviously, you want Tom Brady to play. He gives the Patriots the best chance to win. But also because you hear ruling like that, and, and sure, the NFL's going to appeal. So essentially, Deflategate isn't over. We'll still be talking about it. There'll still be some Deflategate stories here moving forward. We'll most likely see Jeffrey Kessler going up against NFL lawyer Daniel Nash once again in a courtroom somewhere after some type of appeal from the National Football League. So Deflategate, we're not done with it. And, of course, every time Tom Brady takes the field on every single broadcast that they're going to have this season, beginning on Thursday night, which is the opener, Patriots-Steelers, and I'll get to that in a few minutes. There's a lot to get to since I was not here at all last week. 
And, you know, we're back from vacation, and it's great to have the NFL back in full force beginning this weekend with week one and beginning Thursday night with the Patriots and the Steelers primetime. But, you know, last week you hear this ruling, Tom Brady, no more suspension thanks to what Judge Richard Berman had to say and the ruling that he made in this whole process. And you're thinking, all right, that's it. I I mean – With regards to the suspension itself, Brady's going to play, and we're going to get the football Thursday night. Even though, as I just mentioned, we're going to still hear from the announcers. Everybody's going to mention it during the game. People around the country are still going to talk about it. But today, there's more than just people talking about it or people talking about the ruling and people going back to Deflategate. Today, I'm driving into the studio, and... You know, I stop at a red light and I refresh Twitter and you're listening to sports radio and you're hearing these stories about how ESPN and Outside the Lines, they have a new story that's going to run in ESPN the magazine later this month. But fuck it. They might as well just, you know, they, they decided to put it out there today. Um, the story is from two ESPN reporters ESPN the magazine reporters do we even know their names yes right we got their names Don Van Nata and Seth Wickersham this is their story from ESPN the magazine and basically what they did was they went back to Spygate and they ran their own little I guess you know you say independent investigation these days and you roll your eyes but they ran their little investigation on Spygate. Not, not Deflategate, Spygate. And the story today was that Spygate is back in the news. Because their report, among the findings, again in this story that will run in ESPN the mag- magazine later this month, among the findings, findings in this, Deflategate was seen by some owners as a makeup call over Spygate, right? Is that the four-game suspension that was handed to Tom Brady, and the reason the NFL kept battling with this is because, and they kept pounding their chest, and they didn't come to a settlement, and they were being stubborn, is because there were owners that pushed the commissioner to stick to his guns and to come down hard on the Patriots based on, on Spygate and maybe some owners thinking that the Patriots got off easy because of Spygate. Now, first and foremost, that, that's what happens here. And also in this report, you know, they go back and they say the Patriots allegedly videotaped signals of opposing coaches in 40 games on the sidelines from 2000 to 2007. So it wasn't just 2007, according to this report. It wasn't just that Jets game. Um, and also in this their report says that Goodell, Roger Goodell ordered Spygate tapes on the Patriots to be destroyed when they went and had and visited Gillette Stadium, right? A couple, you know, days after they... Look, the fact that we even are going back to Spygate is pathetic. Is absolutely pathetic. But I'm telling you what is in this report, which you probably already know, because it's been the biggest story today. Right? Last week, the biggest story that Tom Brady got his suspension removed and that the NFL lost in a court of law. That's what happened. The story today is that ESPN, outside the lines, they have their own report that goes back and digs up some information on Spygate. And basically, 
they're trying to spin it, well, here's how it relates to Deflategate. Instead of just accepting the fact that, one, the NFL lost, and two, Tom Brady's going to play week one. I mean, they run this fucking promo over the weekend where they throw out this picture, right? I don't even, I didn't even read the fucking story. It was a picture, Super Bowl 50, and it had all these quarterbacks in the league, and it was like a preview of this season. And I think they gave you a good 10 quarterbacks on the picture. Tom Brady, not on the photo. I mean, this is, I don't even think it's arguably, the, the, the greatest quarterback that we've ever seen in this game. They don't put, in the history of this game, they don't put him on the photo or in the preview. I, I, I don't get it. So it's, it's clear that obviously people have attacked the Patriots. People are going after the Patriots. People have said things on, on Twitter, said things on the news, written reports, investigations. I mean, there's so much going on that's anti-Patriots right now. It's not even funny. But I did not expect to wake up today to be driving into the studio to come in here thrilled, happy, uh, overjoyed that Tom Brady would be playing in week one. I didn't expect to be talking about Spygate and details that have recently been uncovered about Spygate after these two fucking buffoons from ESPN the magazine, Don Van Dickhead and Weth uh, Wickafuck, they've been on this report and they're investigating on this like... This is some earth-shattering breaking news, and ESPN has taken this story, and they've put it on TV with Outside the Lines, which, by the way, I've been telling you for months, is filmed on another fucking planet. That's the biggest story. How do you get, how do you get your feed on your news station on this reporting on this TV show? How do you get the feed from, from sp- out of space to planet Earth? I mean, how, do you, how does that happen? That's the biggest news here, is that Outside the Lines is filmed on another planet. And once again today, they proved that. ESPN has this stupid story digging back into Spygate. And by the way, things that I don't necessarily see when you, when you try to bring it and relate it to the Flategate, this isn't new, okay? This idea that, that the punishment handed down from Troy Vincent to Tom Brady, a four-game suspension... The punishment handed down on the Patriots, which was the harshest punishment in NFL history. The idea that th- that punishment was related to Spygate is not new. And it's almost like the guys who did this story, and even ESPN, is trying to... They, they think that that's like new information. Do they not pay attention to anything that's been said or done or reported throughout Deflategate? Honestly, do they not pay attention? Because when I look at Troy Vincent's letter to the Patriots, when he's explaining their punishment and handing down the punishment back in May, okay, when I look at this letter, it tells me, it tells me in this letter that Spygate was part of the reason this punishment was so harsh. He says it. He comes out and says it. He says, quote, There are several factors that merit strong consideration in assessing discipline. The first is the club's prior record. In 2007, the club and several individuals were sanctioned for videotaping signals 
of opposing defensive coaches in violation of the Constitution and bylaws. Under the integrity of the game policy, this prior violation of competitive rules was properly considered in determining the discipline in this case. And quote, that's from Troy Vincent. That's the letter that he sent to the Patriots and Tom Brady explaining the deflategate punishment back in May. Yet today, I have to turn on the TV. I have to turn on the radio. I have to go online. And I have to go on Twitter. I read in stories today. We're all reading stories today. That is about Spygate relating it to Deflategate. And it doesn't make any fucking sense. It makes no sense. All this is. All this is. And by the way, Roger Goodell goes on ESPN's Mike and Mike in the morning today on their radio show. And he goes on, honestly, about 20 minutes after this report was released on ESPN.com and on TV. About 20 minutes. And he was asked about it on Mike and Mike. This is Roger Goodell. And he says, oh, you know what? I have not seen that report yet, guys. But uh, Spygate had nothing to do with the punishment for the flakegate. Now, first of all, right then and there, he's lying twice. But technically, the way they set this thing up, where he goes on Mike and Mike on a radio interview, and they release this story, the Spygate, you know, the new Spygate developments. Holy shit. I never thought I'd be saying that in 2015. And by the way, it's for like the second straight week, third straight week, because a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I flipped out on this podcast. I flipped out on WEEI when I filled in on, on their, mid, their old midday show before they went on to the new midday show, which, by the way, as you know, wasn't me. Um, but we're, we've, we're over it, and we're right, we're right here. We're not, I'm not going anywhere. I took a week off. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't quit. The, the online or the podcast radio show. I didn't do that. Um, no, we're right here. I just took a week off. Relax. I'm, I'm back. I'm back, baby. I'm back. In the Beantown Athletic Studios. 110 degrees in here today. I got a little air conditioner, mini air conditioner blowing on me. But the problem is, you know, we have windows on all sides. And the sun is just blasting in. So the air conditioner doesn't do much. In fact, the air conditioner sort of makes it. It makes it a little uncomfortable because it's constant heat combined with the cold air that's blowing on me. It's a weird feeling. I don't know how to describe it, but sometimes I feel like I leave this room like I'm getting sick. But I'll be okay. We'll be all right. It could, things could be worse. But we're back here in the Beantown Athletic Studios after a week off. And, and when I'm back and I'm driving in today and we're reading these stories, Spygate was brought up two and a half, three weeks ago by everybody and their mother on ESPN because... We heard another settlement hearing in which Judge, Judge Richard Berman ripped the NFL a new asshole once again for like the third straight time. And instead of the former players or the analysts or the reporters and the TV show hosts and ESPN as a whole, instead of them coming out and acknowledging that Tom Brady from the outside looking in was seemingly starting to win this battle on Deflategate, instead of acknowledging that, all they wanted to do was go back in time and say, but what about Spygate? <laughs> like, like, that had anything to do with what we're talking about today with Deflategate. Because it doesn't. At least it shouldn't. Okay? Because Deflategate should have never got to the point where we had to go to court. 
where there were four-game suspensions given out to a guy who is the face of the league, for crying out loud. Look, I'm not going to go back in time and, and give you my theories on the AFC Championship. You know that I think this whole Deflategate thing has been an embarrassment from day one. And it is great news, and it was great news last week to hear that Judge Richard Berman did the right thing and took away Tom Brady's suspension. I, was, I wasn't sure how this thing was going to go down. I wasn't sure how this thing was going to play out, but that's, that's how it played out. And, and instead of now once again acknowledging that Tom Brady and the NFLPA and Jeffrey Kessler, they won this battle with the NFL against the commissioner who is abusing his power as much as I've ever seen anybody with power abuse their power, instead of acknowledging Tom Brady wins and he'll be playing week one and the Patriots have one of the best quarterbacks in the league and he won this battle and Deflategate was a bunch of bullshit, ESPN has decided to have this new story that goes back and digs up the information on Spygate. All right. And Goodell was on Mike and Mike today, and it's just, I mean, the timing is perfect. They released this story about 20 minutes before Goodell goes on this radio show, and of course, when he's asked a question at the end about this report, he says, well, guys, you know what? I have not seen this report yet. Now, we know he's full of shit. One. But technically, if you wanted to look at it and say, well, the report and Goodell isn't related because Goodell, Goodell didn't write this report, Ted Wells didn't write this report. I mean, Ted Wells might as well have written this fucking report today that came out on ESPN.com. He might as well have, right? Ted Wells might as, might as, this might as well be the Wells Report Part 2 going back in time. The Wells Report back in time. That's what it should be. But if you wanted to say, hey, you know, it's an ESPN story. Goodell goes in an ESPN station. He doesn't, you know, he didn't see it. Of course, his answer, which is, I didn't have time. I, I didn't see this. I just came on the show, and it just came out. All right, fine. I mean, I'm not accepting that, but maybe some people want to be naive and do it. You can't be naive and believe Roger Goodell when he then says that Spygate had nothing to do with the Deflategate punishment that was handed down because Troy Vincent in his letter to the Patriots back in May, in which he describes the punishment, explains the punishment, and describes why he gave it, he says, and I quote again, Troy Vincent, here it is, says, quote, There are several factors that merit strong consideration in assessing discipline. The first is the club's prior record. In 2007, the club and several individuals were sanctioned for videotaping signals of opposing defensive coaches in violation of the Constitution and bylaws. Under the integrity of the game policy, this prior violation of competitive rules was properly considered in determining the discipline in this case. I mean, end quote. I mean, that's from fucking Troy Vincent, the guy who handed down a punishment. Don't we know that Goodell obviously handed out the punishment, right? Of course. Of course he did. He's the commissioner. You think Troy you think Troy Vincent doesn't answer to Roger Goodell? You think Roger Goodell doesn't okay the punishment from Troy Vincent? What type of fucking world do you think this is? Of course he okays it. But but look, so Goodell's wrong there. I mean he's a liar. And and basically, you know, he lied about a lot of the stuff he said. Now unfortunately what's being overlooked is the fact that what Goodell also said in Mike on Mike and Mike today. Right? Was that he said he's open to changing his role in the disciplinary process. 
Wait a minute. What? So all of this stuff's going on. ESPN, they're digging back to Spygate. Roger Goodell is open to changing the role, his role in the disciplinary process. Basically admitting that the process is fucked up. Much like when they had this whole PSI thing, and they institute this new rule where they're now going to check for PSIs before a game, and they're going to have random tests in a halftime and, and after games. They instituted this rule because they realized that the previous process was fucked up. Nobody cared about it. Now we see, and the NFL sees that we all see that this disciplinary process is, and I keep using the quote, fucked up because it is. So much so that the NFL is even willing to change that. Right? So, it seems to be getting overlooked today. But why is it getting overlooked? Because ESPN is trying to go back in time and they've given us the details and the results of their investigation on Spygate. <laughs> like, what? it doesn't even make sense when I say it. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? And as much as I knock ESPN and the two schmucks that wrote this stupid report, right? Which, by the way, the findings, to me, aren't anything I've ever not heard of. We've heard all this stuff. That, you know, maybe there were tapes that were destroyed. The Patriots were filming signals. I mean, help! Bill Belichick even admitted. Even me admitted to it. They took the punishment. Bill Belichick. Do you remember Bill Belichick's press conference in January when Deflategate first came out and became a big deal after the Mortensen report and we're all wondering what the PSI of the footballs were and how this came a big deal. Patriots on their way to the Super Bowl. We're talking about air pressure in a football. Bill Belichick calls a press conference. I can remember. I was on WEI right afterwards. I was in my car on the way to WEI and I Pulled into the parking lot across the street from the New Balance building. And I'm listening to the Belichick press conference. And he rips the NFL a new asshole in this investigation. And he says, here's what we did. We ran our own investigation on the footballs, okay? We had our own scientific experiment on the footballs. And here's what we found, okay? And he, he gave it the results. And afterwards, he answered questions. It was a great press conference. In my opinion, it was a great moment in Bill Belichick, New England Patriots history. Really because of the Spygate stuff, he sort of opened up about it in a light in which I had never really heard Bill Belichick open up about it because he was just so pissed off. Here was the questions. Here were the questions on Spygate after this Deflategate press conference that he gave, which was the most entertaining thing you'll ever hear out of Bill Belichick's mouth. And then he's asked about Spygate. And... Here is what Bill Belichick had to say back in January about that. Bill, you said you always try and err on the side of caution and try and stay on that side of the rules, but with the videotaping, it was clear that you were pushing the envelope on that. Is that something that changed then, or is that stuff? Well, I mean, look, that's a whole other discussion, but I'm just... The guy's giving signals out in front of 80,000 people, okay? So we filmed him taking signals out in front of 80,000 people like there were a lot of other teams doing at that time, too. Okay, but forget about that. If we were wrong, then we've been disciplined for that. That's clearly not trying to do everything you can to stay on the side. This guy's in front of 80,000 people. 
80,000 people saw it. Everybody sidelined saw it. Everybody sees our guy in front of 80,000 people. I mean, there he is. So it was wrong. We were disciplined for it. That's it. Let's hear it again. Here is Belich. I want you to listen to this again, okay? Well, I mean, look, that's a whole other discussion. But I'm just, the guy's giving signals out in front of 80,000 people, okay? So we filmed him taking signals out in front of 80,000 people like there were a lot of other teams doing at that time, too. Okay, but forget about that. If we were wrong, then we've been disciplined for that. That's clearly not trying to do everything you can to stay on the side. This guy's in front of 80,000 people. <laughs> 80,000 people saw it. Everybody sidelined saw it. Yep. Everybody sees our guy in front of 80,000 people. Yep. I mean, there he is. So it, it was wrong. We were disciplined for it. That's it. We never did it again. We're never going to do it again. And anything else that's close, we're not going to do either. There you go. There's Belichick. I mean, he said, look, he, that's, that is Belichick opening up just in, in a way that, man, I don't know that I've ever seen him open up about anything, especially how big a story that, that was made to be. And the fact that it's so big a story, it continues to linger to this day. But yet they give us this report on, on Spygate and Belichick... Already, I mean, what else, what, what are we learning here? The only thing that I'm learning, okay, with this Spygate, the results of the Spygate investigation on Outside the Lines in, in, in September of 2015, two days before the NFL regular season begins, as Tom Brady go, rolls out onto the field in week one against the Steelers in prime time on NBC to kick off the season. As Tom Brady wins this battle against the National Football League, the only thing I learned today, reading this report, is that the NFL is trying to save its own ass. And they're bringing up old controversies, and they will not just settle on the fact that they lost this. So what they're doing, look, there's no question about it. Roger Goodell... As much as I knock ESPN and this report and the two schmucks that wrote it and the Munsons that are going to talk about it on Outside the Lines, uh, the, the analysts and the former players from other teams and the reporters, they're going to go back in time now and continue to crush the Patriots, right? Uh, as much as I crush them, there's no, there is, make no mistake, the National Football League made ESPN write this story, okay? They, they made them do this report. They made him do it. This is Roger Goodell, okay, saying to the ESPN, you are going to write a report that goes back to Spygate, and here's some things that happen. That's it. You think, how much investigating did these guys do? For all the investigating that they say they did, I need more than this. I need more than this. I need more than this, okay? Here's what I read on one of these paragraphs. Uh, Among the evidence found were handwritten diagrams of the defensive signals of the Pittsburgh Steelers, including the notes used in the January 2002 AFC Championship game won by the Patriots 24-17. Yet, almost as quickly as the tapes and notes were found, they were destroyed on Goodell's orders. League executives stomped the tapes into pieces and shredded the papers inside a Gillette Stadium conference room. Uh, First of all, we already heard report of that. Right. Second of all, in this report, they go into how, you know, the spy gate and the recording opposing team signals dates back to 2000. 
All right? So how do you explain to me the, the, 2000, the 2,000 New England Patriots who won five games? How do you explain that to me? They're filming in 2000, right? That's what you said. You said you had tapes. How do you explain 2000? Bill Belichick, the coach. Drew Bledsoe, the quarterback. 5-11 and 11 on the season. How do you explain that? If they were videoing signals. And, right? And you're trying to combine that with some type of competitive edge that other teams weren't doing? How do you explain it? Look, uh, all I'm saying is this. The NFL, as much as I knock ESPN in this report, it is a, it, it's, it, it's borderline fact. The NFL made ESPN write this report. They made them put this in their magazine. They made them do it. Because they will not just accept the findings of Judge Berman's ruling. Much like they wanted Tom Brady to accept the findings of a Wells report that was the result of an investigation that was not independent. In fact, that the NFL basically admitted wasn't independent in these court hearings when asked, was it independent? NFL lawyer Daniel Nash says, well, you see, it doesn't have to be independent based on the CBA. What? If it's independent and you're asked in a court of law, is it independent? What you would then do is you would say, yes, it is independent. Here's why. Here's why. And here's why. Well, it wasn't independent. And they proved that by not giving any reasons for it being and basically going the, to the, going the route of, well, guess what? It doesn't have to be independent, so you can't use that when you make your ruling. Under the CBA, it doesn't say anything about independent investigations or it having to be independent or them deserving an independent investigation. It doesn't say that. So, I mean, this report on ESPN, it might as well be Ted Wells' report two. The Wells report two, going back in time to Spygate. It's a joke. It's embarrassing. I mean, this is real life. That 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 they wrote this report, and on top of that, the, the even you know crazier reality is that the NFL made them do it. Of course, the NFL made him do it. Anybody say nah? Yeah. The NFL made him do it. In fact, right before I jumped on this podcast and started recording, as I'm back from vacation. I'm reading El Prez from Boston Sports on Twitter, at Stool Presidente, and he tweets this whole uh, screenshot of Mike Reese, ESPN Boston, was essentially, and maybe not even essentially, he was framed by the National Football League, by ESPN. Framed. How so? Huh. I'll tell you how so. Mike Reese, there's... A picture of him, and it says ESPN staff writer. And it says underneath his picture and his byline, it says Tom Brady broke his silence Friday night on his Deflategate appeal win, offering thanks but also apologizing for putting the NFL and its fans through the legal saga. Now, two things here. One, Tom Brady never apologized to the NFL. So I don't even know what that means. Second of all, we find out on Twitter, Mike Reese says, I never wrote those words, and my byline should have never been attached to it. He continued with that tweet, My name should have never been attached to a story that was started independently. 
Wow. So ESPN essentially framed the ESPN Boston Patriots beat writer Mike Reese by not just saying that he said something that he didn't, if you can follow that, but also putting words in his mouth that weren't even true. This whole story is like fucking WWE. Like, I don't even know what is going on anymore. Honestly. Like, we are now living in a world on Deflategate that is just so insane. I, I'm, look, I've already, we've already drove ourselves crazy with Deflategate. The fact that we now have to go back into Spygate is just the stupidest thing of all time, considering that the regular season begins in two nights. But the NFL is bitter that they lost this battle, so they are now going to go back and try to make the Patriots look bad. That's what they're doing. They, they are now running the smear campaign and trying to target, ta- you know, they're targeting one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And they're going to, on top of that, while they're targeting him, try to tarnish his and Bill Belichick's legacy and the legacy of the New England Patriots because of this whole idea that they were stealing signals and that maybe it was a little worse than previously reported. I, I guess. But on top of that, the press conference I just gave you from Bill Belichick, in which he says, look, we did it, we were punished, but guess what? We still think it was stupid because everybody was doing it. And everybody could see the signals. And you start to see more things about how everybody recorded signals, the Patriots were just better at it than everybody else. Man, this is like, this is just the NFL using ESPN, making ESPN do this. Look, I attack ESPN. I just did. I attacked this story. I attack outside the lines. I attack the guys who wrote this story. But at the end of the day, we also have to admit that the NFL made them do it. They did. They made them do this. And they timed it perfectly with Goodell's little interview today on Mike and Mike in which they basically said to them probably, hey, ask the question about this report. And, and Goodell will say, Oh, I didn't get to see it. When did it come out? Oh, it just came out now while I'm on the show? Oh, I I obviously didn't get to read it, guys. <laughs> oh, okay. Goodell, you 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 might you probably wrote the fucking thing. Honestly. Much like your boy Jeff Pash edited the Wells report. Oh man, what are we doing? What are we doing? I I, I no longer know. You know? No longer know. I just, I need football. I need meaningful games. I need to break down a game, and I will get to that this week, okay? Uh, Thursday, Matt Chatham, former New England Patriot, he's going to join me on this show, and uh, I'll get his reaction to this stuff, and we'll talk about the game that will be later that night, Thursday night, Patriots-Steelers, right? And if, if, you know, if you're curious as to what the spread is, it's seven. Patriots are seven-point favorites, all right? There's seven-point favorites in this one. The over-under is 52-and-a-half. I mean, it might as well get moved up to, to the Patriots being 14-point favorites. They might as well be. And the over-under being 62-and-a-half. Might as well. Because the Patriots now have more fuel to add uh, to their fire. Tom Brady, more fuel to the fire. The New England Patriots, more fuel to their fire. In fact, they, they look, they made a statement today. They came out with a statement. It says the Patriots have never filmed or recorded another team's practice or walkthrough. Um, you know, they talk about 
how the reporting is crazy. Here's, I'm not going to read you the whole statement, but this jumps off the page. Quote, this type of reporting over the past seven years has led to additional unfounded, unwarranted, and quite frankly, unbelievable allegations by former players, coaches, and executives, none of which have ever been substantiated, but many of which continue to be propagated. At the end of this statement, it says, quote, It is disappointing that some choose to believe in myths, conjecture, and rumors rather than giving credit for the team's successes to Coach Belichick, his staff, and the players for their hard work, attention to detail, weekly preparation, diligence, and overall performance. End quote. That's the statement from the Patriots. All right? And, of course, there's a whole lot here. I'm not going to read you the whole statement. Um, I'm just sort of, you know, I'm re- I read you two sentences from the end of it. But something that really jumps off the page when you do look at, at, at this whole ESPN report today and the Patriots' response to it. But you want to get to an on-the-field response? On-the-field response to this? New, you know, sp- I, I can we, we're not even, I'm not even going to say new Spygate developments because, again, it's stuff that we already fucking knew. And stuff that we should never be going back to. Never. But the on-field response, look, I'm to the point where I, you know, I need an undefeated. I, I'm going for undefeated this year. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm begging. I'm begging for it. I'm begging for undefeated season. And I would never real, realistically say that any type of Patriot season is in any way, shape, or form going to be undefeated, even in the season in which you thought it was going to be undefeated. And they call the Super Bowl and lose to the Giants. I'm sorry to bring that up. But you have to bring it up when, because you know you think about it whenever you think of undefeated season and what could have been. But I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm to the point where I need the Patriots. I, I almost, I'm almost embracing this. I have been talking myself all day, as fired up as I've been. I've been talking myself into embracing this sort of bad guy role. You know, I think it was a Boston Sports that had the T-shirt of the Patriots that, and they had the... You know, the whole NWO t-shirt, right? Where they show, like, the Wolfpack, like Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Eric Bischoff, Hulk Hogan. And they just take the faces of New England Patriots and put it on a t-shirt. You know, that's what, that's what this is. And, and I'm embracing it. Right? I'm embracing it. Oh, yeah, play it. The New England Patriots. Of the NWO of the NFL. You know, I almost want the Patriots today to go into the visiting locker room. To bug the visiting locker room. Whether they did or they didn't perform, I want them to do it now. I want them to steal signals. I want them in somewhere in Pittsburgh going through the Steelers walkthrough. I want them fucking videotaping that walkthrough. I want the Patriots now to videotape every walkthrough for every team all season long. I want them on the sidelines, in the stands. I want them putting an undercover guy in a Patriots winter jacket in section 13, videotaping the signals of the other teams and bringing them down into the locker room at halftime. Okay? I want someone in there taking those footballs and deflating them just how Tom Brady wants. 
I want the Patriots actually going through and doing everything that they have been accused of and continue to be accused of. I'm embracing this bad guy role, and I would love for the Patriots to do the same thing. Oh, I, I wish they would do it. I want them videotaping walkthroughs, videotaping signals, deflating footballs, and being actually the bad guys of the National Football League. You accused them of doing it? No, I want them to be it. Do it! 19 and 0! I want it! I want the undefeated season. The Patriots, not saying they're gonna do all that stuff, but there's fuel to their fire. There's a motivation here that I don't know that I've ever seen any professional organization even think about having, okay? You just can't have it. There is no other storyline in sports I don't think that's ever given any player, coach, organization a reason to beat the shit out of everybody in in their league in a single season. I I mean, honestly, I, I... I can't wait for football to start, and I can't wait for the Patriots to absolutely roll through teams this season. Now, there are obviously some issues, and if you want to get to some of the on-field-related issues, we know about the secondary and the players that they lost and the cornerbacks that they lost and how they're going to have to try and make up for that. We rave about the Patriots' front seven and how that may help out you know, the secondary and what they could do and how they could... Um, Fill the voids of losing Revis, of losing Browner. You got offensive issues too. Brandon LaFell on, on the physically unable to perform list with a foot injury. Technically what? He's not eligible now till uh, week eight because of the Patriots bye week. You know? Um, so you also have Brian Stork, the center. The, the kid who came in from Florida State last year and turned things around offensively when he jumped into that offensive line. Okay, he's got a concussion issue. He didn't practice today. So it looks like he's going to be out. I don't know. And, and you look, I don't think we can sit here and speculate on concussions because they say concussions are like snowflakes, right? There's, each one is a little bit different. So who knows with that situation? These are, the Patriots have questions. But I tell you what, there are some things going on in this league and on the media coverage in this league that is, I still think, being forced upon him by the league. There are some things that are happening, and it continues today by these guys going back to Spygate that has given the Patriots a type of motivation that I don't think we'll ever see a team have this type of motivation, ever. We never have, we never will. This is, this is unique, and I would, I'd love for the Patriots. Look, they're the NWO of the, of the NFL. And I'm almost embracing it now. As pissed off as I am about this Spygate report, you know, can you get too worked up about it? Well, I'm worked up because I'd like to just get to football talk, and I'm sick and tired of doing this shit, and I'm sick and tired of seeing people go back to it. But, you know, as frustrated and as furious as I've been all day here at Beantown Athletics, as people are rolling in and out getting their skate shopping, okay? People are rolling in and out, uh buying all the apparel here at Beantown Athletics and rolling in and out and putting in orders on screen print and stuff. They are watching me and looking at me and listening to me in here. <laughs> Lose my shit, but at the same time, embrace the fact that the Patriots are an organization 
that everybody hates. Okay? And, man, would I love to see the Patriots actually do some of the things here that they've been accused of doing and actually doing things that other teams aren't doing. Right? (laughs) At this point, I'm just, I'm embracing the bad guy role. And I think the Patriots are too. Okay? And I think they will. And that's why I think it's bad news for the rest of the league. It's bad news. This is bad news for the rest of the National Football League. I just need it to start the season. Starts Thursday night. Picks, picks, returns on Friday. I'll give my pick on Thursday for the Patriots game, but my picks on Friday, usually they don't involve the Thursday night game, obviously. Um, So that will return this season as well. And then uh, Friday we'll break down the game. And Matt Chatham again will join me on Thursday's show. But uh, look, I'm just, I wanted to come on today and get caught up. And I got caught up in everything that I missed last week during vacation, but I wanted to react to a lot of it. And, and obviously, we had to spend most time on this stupid report on Spygate. I mean, please, give me a break. Um, the, the another story, if you want to talk about on-field stuff, Reggie Wayne asked for his release because it was too tough, and it wasn't fun to play in New England because it was too tough. Now, I think the Patriots should take that at some type of compliment because I think that's what it was, uh, a compliment on really how complicated the Patriots' playbook is. And, and look, Reggie Wayne's been accustomed to, 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 to doing things one way his whole career with the same organization. Yeah, he's, they had a different, you know, they went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. They've had a couple different coaches. But at the same time, you know, it's still as much different going from that to what the Patriots are doing. At least that's what we find out from Reggie Wayne asking to be released. And he was released. Belichick, you know, talked him up afterwards. And, uh, you know, according to Scott Zolak and 98.5 The Sports Hub, Reggie Wayne asked for his release because it was, quote, too tough, end quote. And then also, quote, wasn't fun, end quote, to be with the Patriots. He was trying to get caught up. He was trying to cram. And I just think he's looking at it sort of, I think Patriots should take it as a compliment, right? You know, he, he couldn't get caught up in time. You know, and maybe Reggie Wayne is part of him that also says, he, you know, he can't do it anymore. But we'll see. But it just didn't work out here. But still, I don't think there was any risk. Look, I wanted to see the Reggie Wayne thing work. But I also said there was zero, I liked it so much because there was zero risk in doing it. You know, he asked for release, you release him, you move on. The bigger issue is what's going on with Brandon LaFell. Well, he's going to miss the first uh, six games at least. We don't know even how the foot injury will be ready when he's, when he's back or at least eligible to return. And then Brian Stork also looks like he's going to be out. So the Patriots have some issues, but if they have anything going for him, well, it's their, it's their quarterback who will be available week one and will play every game this season. Every game. Okay? And on top of it, they have all this motivation as the bad guy in the National Football League. And I've gone from pissed off to embracing it in one day. I have. So, it's, but it's just, a, it's, it's just an example of where, where this is going to go in the national media. And specifically ESPN, right? Based on the fact that the NFL... From the Mortensen story to 
everything that happened after the Wells report to now, going back to Spygate, ESPN is controlled by the National Football League. It's pretty evident. It's pretty clear. And Roger Goodell specifically, as much as he may deny it on on a radio show on ESPN today. (laughs) Uh, We'll move on. Uh, More football coming up the next couple days for sure. Actual on-field stuff. Oh, college football began. And uh, last night I did watch the Ohio State. Virginia Tech game. Ohio State beat Virginia Tech 42-24. to uh, Cardale Jones, the quarterback, didn't find out until right before the game. He says, I don't know that I believe that, to be honest. Uh, their other quarterback, Braxton Miller, had a heck of a night as a receiver. So Ohio State, because of that, is a scary team. Cardale Jones reminds me of Ben Roethlisberger. And I was saying it before the game, but he does. He put some nice throws out there. There were some big-time drops from his receivers, too, that maybe could have led to more than 42 points. But, uh, you know, it does look like they stuck with the right guy in Jones, and you got to credit the kid for moving to receiver and having a heck of a night as well with a couple catches and a TD. Uh, and one, one of those catches, just a spectacular catch. Ohio State looks scary. They're the number one team in the country for a reason. They showed that last night. Awesome atmosphere in Virginia Tech, right? Awesome atmosphere. And I wish they would show the walkout through the tunnel onto the field for most of those big games. Uh, You know what? They might. I feel like a lot of the big night games on weekends, on on whether it's an ABC or an ESPN, I feel like maybe I'm out watching it somewhere and I'm not necessarily on the couch focusing on the entire pregame show. So maybe they do, and maybe it's just me. I don't see it. But um, I don't know that they give it as much attention as they did last night. That was special. That was cool at Virginia Tech. But Ohio State leaves with the win. It's good to have some college football back. Uh, We still have baseball, right? The rest of this month and into October, postseason baseball. The Red Sox are fun to watch again. But there will be no playoffs, as fun as they are to watch right now. So I guess, you know, we're looking for the David Ortiz home run countdown. Got a couple more to go for 500 on his career. Um, And around Major League Baseball, the other biggest story is Matt Harvey and the Mets and an innings limit that his agent Scott Boris has come out and talked about, which, again, is, you know, I'll say ridiculous, and I'll say it's ridiculous because when I think of the Mets and Harvey, Syndergaard, DeGrom, I look at that rotation, those three guys alone, and I say, you get into the, into the playoffs. You get David Wright back. You traded for Cespedes, who's on a tear. The Mets have a chance to win it all. But not necessarily even because of Cespedes and Wright or anybody else that they have in their offense. But mainly because of the pitching. You get into the tournament with a rotation like that, you got a chance to win it. In fact, you'll be a favorite to win it in my book. But if if Matt Harvey, which and if you missed the story, his agent Scott Boris, you know, Harvey had, had surgery, right? Um... He had the Tommy John, and apparently there's an innings limit, 180 innings. What's he at, 166, I think? Matt Harvey's at something like 166 innings limit. Innings right now, here it is, 166 and a third. And they're saying they're going to spread him out here and maybe have him skip a couple of starts in this month. And if need be, he'll make a start in the last week of September if they need him in some type of playoff race. Which, you never know. I mean, they might. 
They might. I mean, they're only five games ahead of the Nationals. It's not, you know, the Nationals could gain a couple games here the next couple nights. You know, you could look a week from now and the Nationals are two, three games out. That's not crazy, two and a half. Wouldn't be crazy, right? So, can you afford to even give Matt Harvey time off in the regular season? Bottom line is this. You cannot, Matt Harvey cannot be in the dugout or in the clubhouse for a Mets team that's in the playoffs if he's not pitching. And if I was a player on that team and Matt Harvey said, hey, I'm going to shut it down. Again, this isn't the team shutting him down. This is the agent and this is the player. They've threatened this. And you know it's a real threat when you're actually going to see them skip Harvey for a couple starts here in the final month. Okay? Now, Matt Harvey has spoken out and said, I'm going to pitch in the playoffs if we're there. But you want my opinion? My opinion is that he heard the outcry, and I think he heard from some players in that room, in that clubhouse, on that team. Some players were probably like, are you fucking kidding me? You're going to shut, shut it down on us? You're going to shut it down on us? You're really going to do that? Because of an innings limit that was, honestly. So you give us 20, 25 more innings, okay? You give us 20 to 25 more innings. Your arm's going to fall off? Your career's going to be over? Please. We have a chance to win a championship. If I was a player on that team and Javi was even considering shutting it down, I would lose a whole lot of respect for him. Now, I understand the meaning of this and the money and the career, and you've got to look out for yourself, and you've got to be selfish, and most professional athletes are selfish. I get that. I get that they wouldn't be great at what they did if they weren't selfish at some point in their careers. But I also think there's a time and a place for everything. If you've heard me before, you know I believe in that with everything. There's a time and a place for everything. And with Matt Harvey leading this staff into the postseason and a chance to win a championship, all right, there is no way he can shut it down. And if he shuts it down, if I am the New York Mets, I say to myself and to his agent, well, see you later. You're gone. You got to go. We, we can't possibly keep you around. We can't do it. I wouldn't want that guy on my team. I'll tell you that. I wouldn't. I would not want that guy on my team. Now, it's one thing. You return from Tommy John, beginning of the season, right? You meet with the team. You say, hey, look, this, we had surgery. Part of the plan is we can't go over this amount. Um, let's manage it during the season so that if we are in a playoff race, end of the year, we'll be fine. You know, if that's said, that's fine. You manage it. You skip the first month of the season. You want to skip the first two months, be my guest? But I'm sorry. To, to not say anything until now and then all of a sudden shut it down, that is just, that, that can't happen. And if I'm a Mets player, if I'm a Mets fan, if I'm in the Mets front office, anywhere in the organization, if this guy was going to shut it down, I would, you know, we'd, be, we'd have to pot ways. That's just the way it is. That's the way it would have to be. Now, but Javi, he says he's going to pitch in the postseason. I don't think he always felt that way, but I think he's saying that now. Because, you know, if this was never an issue, it would never come up. Okay? 
And I know Scott Boris is a guy who likes to run his mouth and say some things, but bottom line is this. As much as I dislike Scott Boris and the way he handles things, we have to admit he is great at what he does, and, and, and I, I find it hard to believe that Scott Boris is speaking out about this without talking to Matt Harvey first. I find it very hard to believe. Okay? And if Matt Harvey didn't pay any attention to the innings limit at all, he wouldn't be skipping any time in September. He wouldn't. And they would have never said this. But it obviously means something to him. It means something to his agent. It means something to Harvey. And, uh, look, I I guess, you know, some credit where credit's due. Harvey's saying he'll pitch in the postseason. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. It's something to keep an eye out for. But if I were a Met fan and and you, you got a team with that pitching staff and you're going to the playoffs and you're having a tremendous season and that's what you have to talk about here in September, I'd be fucking pissed off. Like, if that was going on here in Boston, man, I, I mean, I we'd be crushing that player. Can't happen. Can't happen. You, you, if you, know, you knew about this before the year. You had to bring it up before the year, and you had to manage it from day one. And you didn't do that. So you got to pitch now. Sorry, you do. Keep an eye on it. And uh, anything else that happens over the next couple days, weeks. Uh, tomorrow in studio... Local rapper and actor, and he's been on this show before, Slain, the one and only Slain. He will join me in studio. He's got some some strong thoughts on all this Patriot stuff, even some Red Sox things, and uh, any other national news that breaks, I will react to it. But, um, you know, look, I'm sure we're not done with ESPN and investigations and reports on anything the Patriots have ever done in their organization's history that seemingly the NFL and ESPN thinks nobody else has done or is doing, right? Because you're certainly not going to see any ESPN outside the lines investigation on uh, the San Diego Chargers using illegal stick on towels on the sidelines a couple of years ago. You know, in which then when they asked, were asked to turn over the evidence, they wouldn't hand it over. And essentially, you know, when you don't hand over the evidence, I don't care if you throw the towels away or you keep them... Uh, where they were, you know, in a plastic bag, it doesn't matter what you do with it. When you don't hand over the evidence, then what happens after doesn't matter. Uh, and the NFL seems to, look, they, they seem to care about, though, that part of it, right? They seem to care about integrity of the game. There was a fine for that. There was no investigation that led to a Wells report. And certainly couple of years down the road, there will be no outside-the-lines investigation on the towels that the Chargers used. There won't. And uh, it's a shame because it's another example as with the NFL attacking one organization and using a media outlet. And, look, I'm not trying to let ESPN off the hook. Certainly somebody at ESPN could step up and say, no way, we're not going back to Spygate. We're not going to do it. And, in fact, the information that we uncovered, it isn't necessarily uh, earth-shattering. You know, we're going to sit here and quote Alan Specter again in 2015. Like, where are we going with that? We're going to look at his notes, right? That's what we're doing? You know, somebody at ESPN could have stepped up and said, we're not doing this. But the people at ESPN are being controlled by the NFL. It was evident 
with Chris Monson's report. It was evident with all the reaction to Deflategate and the Wells report and the suspension, and it's even more evident now. So, the Patriots, they will play Thursday night. I will preview it in the next couple days. And then on Friday again, Picks Picks returns for the NFL season and for week one. I can't wait. I got a fantasy draft tonight. Got to go get ready for that. Um, Hey, Patriot fans, I know you worked up like I was about this Spygate shit today. But guess what? We need to embrace it. I'm embracing it. The bad guys of the NFL, they begin their title defense on Thursday night. And I hope, I hope that this can be that undefeated season. What would be better than an undefeated season? Super Bowl 50. They didn't put Brady on the promo poster for Super Bowl 50 going into the season. They try to get him suspended for four games. They're going back to Spygate two games before the season. The commissioner's not even going to be at opening night as the Patriots celebrate their championship and raise their banner. How fitting would it be next year to have another banner that says 19 and all? Maybe it's wishful thinking. Maybe it's a little crazy to even bring up that idea based on some of the players the Patriots have lost and some of the players the Patriots will be without to begin the season. But the bottom line is this, and the point to what I'm saying is that the Patriots have a whole lot of motivation and a whole lot of bulletin board material to do something special this year and to go out beginning on Thursday night and kick some ass this season. I hope they will do that, and I think they will do that. I'm here five days a week, dannypicard.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes and subscribe anywhere. Podcasts are available. Get me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Like me on Facebook, Instagram, all forms of social media. I'm out. Talk to you tomorrow.